time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. While Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome back to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. Boom! I just, <laughs> I like the boom, it's fun. I don't like to do the boom because I blow out the mic a lot uh-huh. when I do that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I probably just did the same thing right there. I cautiously boom. Cautious boom. I, I whisper it. See, that's like <laughs> whisper boom. <laughs> See, that's how you got to come at the 4th of July with a cautious boom. You don't, cautious you don't want to hurt yeah. yourself. You don't want to lose your fingers. Just cautious be, booms. Be careful. Keep the fireworks out of your pants, folks. Boom. Boom. I saw a video of someone that did that. He put like a Roman candle in his pants mm-hmm. and was shooting it out. And he's trying to look all cool and he's like, you know, doing a goofy smile. But then something shifted and it went up and just started spraying him in the face with all the sparks. I was like, oh. I think I saw the same video, which is what prompted me exactly. to say, keep it out of your <laughs> like, pants. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's not the first and he won't be the last. No, I'll do it eventually. Hopefully, hopefully none of our listeners do <laughs> because of this cautionary tale we just gave them. Learn from our mistakes and the mistakes of those who came before us. Uh, oh yeah, this is a podcast where we talk about cartoons and stuff. Yeah, and it's not Saturday currently. No, this is not a Saturday one, but usually this is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal and watch all of your favorite cartoons, both old and new. And I'm Joseph, by the way. And I'm also uh, Joseph. No, wait, no, that's not right. Nope. Who? Am- oh, I'm Chris. Sorry. Yeah. He. he I, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been a couple weeks. I sometimes I forget my name. We lose track of everything. This non-Saturday morning, we watched Overwatch stuff. Some Overwatch animations. Overwatch is a video game. Mm-hmm. For those that don't I'm know. I'm sure it. Everybody knows Overwatch at this point. Everyone has to know by now. It's been out a couple months. When did it come out? May? Yeah, I think in May. I think in May. Oh, I see what you did there. May. Haha. <laughs> it's one of the, I, one of the I, characters named May. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> uh, so... Okay, so, so what happened was Chris prompted me to watch a few of these videos and he kept prompting me over and yes. over again. And eventually, I watched them, I think, yesterday. So, hey. after weeks of deliberation. So, yes, I, I think it was four videos, and they're about, I don't know, seven to ten minutes long or something like that. Something like that, yes. Yeah, Chris, do you want to prompt us a little bit on these videos? So, basically, if, if you aren't familiar with Overwatch, which I think everyone's probably heard of it by now, but just in case. Um, so, it is a first-person shooter. It's a team-based first-person shooter. Six people on a team. And it has 21 characters, all very unique with all, they all have really cool little stories and personalities to them. It's from Blizzard Entertainment, same people that did StarCraft, Diablo, Warcraft series, all that good stuff. And uh, so they started making these little animated shorts to kind of go along with it that don't really have anything to do with gameplay. It's more just kind of giving you more background on the characters and giving you more personality and stuff like that. And they're really good. So I was like, dude, we have to watch this. Also, because I'm going to be doing a podcast about the lore of Overwatch and that should be up the same time that this episode launches. 
So I and I should be dropping. I think I'll have three episodes all up at the same time, so you can download all three. And I'm gonna give you the background of Overwatch. We're gonna go through some of the history, and I'm gonna start going in depth on all the characters too. So it's gonna be really cool. I promise it'll be fun. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you promise it'll be fun. Maybe that's. I mean, you can't really promise much right. more. And it'll um, be short. It'll be short episodes, little seven to ten minute bursts. So those are the best. Yeah. So and that's why. That's why these were so digestible, I guess, because they're yes. very short. However, yes. the animation quality is top notch and oh the gosh, stories yeah. told in these little seven to ten minute videos was were just I don't know, they were pretty fantastic yeah. for the most part. Um we we focused on I watched all of them that you sent me, but we focused on about four of them. We had Recall, which was the one that was uh really devoted to Winston as a mm-hmm. character. Winston is a giant ape. Yes. But a, an overly intelligent ape who wears like a kind of a, a cyber suit of sorts. Kind of like a, yeah, it's like a high tech space suit kind of thing. Is he stationed on the moon he, or did he just go to the moon? Okay, so he's not currently, but when he was a baby, like a small toddler ape, this corporation created a space station called the Lunar Horizon Colony. And they put a bunch of scientists up there and they put a bunch of apes up there, presumably to test the effects of long-term life in space on apes. Mm -hmm. So they had the humans up there studying, stuff like that. And I assume they were probably going to do more and more experiments and stuff on them. And obviously they did some kind of genetic experiment with, with Winston, at least, because he is... More intelligent than most humans. He got. He also got his namesake from his handler, I guess. Oh, I know. Who, yeah, his last name is Winston. I can't remember his first name. Uh, Harold, I believe. Harold. Harold. Okay. Didn't that one give you the fuzzy feels on the inside? Yeah. Oh, my god. That's gosh. what really got me about it and made me want to play the character Winston more. Overwatch is a game that Chris and I and my cousins play pretty consistently. <laughs> pretty much, like, almost every night. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know much about the backstory, which is why Chris is going to be covering a lot of the surroundings of these videos. Yeah. I know what I saw in the videos and I know what I play in the game. That's about my the basis of my knowledge yeah. of Overwatch. I'll be in, I'll be able to answer any questions and you'll be able to find even more on the podcast <laughs> when that starts. So if you plug, if you plug, like plug, plug, what you plug. hear here, 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 yeah, here, then go to the <laughs> other podcast and you'll hear more. Nice plug. Huzzah! So, okay, so with Winston's character in this video, Recall, and I like that it's called Recall, first of all, because not only is it focused on the recall of the Overwatch group who has been disbanded by the government to the point where, and you're going to have to correct me where I slip up on this because I'm going to a lot, but (laughs) I know that the government has at least to some extent shut them down and made it to where it's illegal to for them to reband. Right. And so... They're all, they're all, you know, located in different locations on Earth. The reason it's called Recall to partially is because it's focused on the recalling of the group as a whole. But also it's Winston recalling his childhood uh, for the most part. And so I like the double entendre of that name alone. There's even more like this is a super meta short because there's even more things. They do a lot of foreshadowing in this one. Like, even at the beginning where he's working on, like, a little... Uh, basically, he, he projects, like, this shield in this kind of half-globe sort of shape. He's working mm-hmm. on that kind of device towards the beginning, and it fails, and it kind of explodes and knocks him over. 
And then he goes and looks at his computer and he has a talking computer named Athena. He's watching the news and he's seeing there is a um, war right now brewing in Russia between Omnics, which are robots in this world, and humans. And there's they say there's like 15,000 already dead. And he pulls up this program, which is the Overwatch recall, where he would recall all existing Overwatch agents to report in. And he kind of stops and he's looking at it. That comes into play again at the the very end of the episode. So they set up like a whole bunch of little things right in the beginning that all come back up later. So that recall really has almost like three meanings in this in that they do the foreshadowing and then they call it back. They show Winston's childhood and then they go back to him in the present. And then the, the actual Overwatch team coming back into play also so there's so much double meaning in this episode <laughs> like they they just masterfully wrote this thing i don't think you can say so much double meaning because double triple would just meaning? be two <laughs> <laughs> so much triple meaning we'll just say long it's meta. story short it, it, very meta long story short for this one reaper and a, his crew of um i don't know talent dudes talent comes agents. in talent agents come in to hack into the system and find the locations of the of the Overwatch agents. They get into a, a tussle and then uh we get these flashbacks and the the heartfelt moment was where where Harold walks Winston up to the window and shows him the earth from the perspective of the moon and gives him a an inspiring kind of um mantra to live by. Yeah, he gives him kind of a little short speech. That's like something that sticks with Winston. Like he never forgets when he's back in the present. He's still hearing that same sentence in his head as he looks right. at um, Harold's glasses. So it, Harold wears the same glasses as me and Joseph. Mm -hmm. There's even more meaning. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just kind of like, you know, you took these because you want to see if there's more out there. Once we get back into the present, we see that Winston still has Harold's glasses. And now mm -hmm. wears them himself. It's not just for show, though, because he is nearsighted. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see it because we get to see from his perspective kind of the vision that everyone who wears glasses knows, which is yeah, a little blurry, very blurry everywhere around you until you get your frames on. It's really touching. Like yeah. the guy obviously treats him more like a, um, you know, more as like a guardian or like a parent than, you know, a scientist with with an animal or. You know, obviously, he he really, really cares for Winston, and Winston took his name from that guy and still sports his glasses, so obviously, like, you know, that was his father to him, and right. uh, he's never forgot him. So, it was really cool, really cool moment. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was, this was one of the favorites of the four that we did watch. Yeah. Actually, I have that, the stamp for Winston in the game, I have the stamp of him holding Harold's hand in front of the Earth. But I, I didn't I didn't have anything to tie that to until I watched this short. So now it makes sense to me. So when Reaper has this showdown when, with Winston, because they come in, they're infiltrating. Winston's beating up the bad guys. I love when Winston, like, throws the one bad guy while Reaper's trying to hack the computer. Like, you just see the guy fly through some glass in the background, and Reaper kind of, like, sighs and, like, cracks his neck and turns around to go <laughs> fight Winston, just like, uh, yeah. come on. That's where that shield yeah, prototype comes he in. He throws that little prototype out that blew up earlier, and it blows up and just kind of distracts Reaper, who starts laughing, but then Winston zaps him with his gun. 
Something that I really liked about the end of this short was where it was like sliding through the different pictures and names yeah. of all of these characters. And there's mm-hmm. obviously multiple characters that are not in the game, but that is also potential for future characters that could be. Um, there, I think there's 15 that flash by, 15 that we've never seen. I think three or four of those we've seen concept art of before. Mm-hmm. So they, some of those probably will be things that we see in the future. Like I, I would assume a year from now, we'll probably see most of those. Um, yeah. I'm thinking Doomfist is going to be one of the first new ones we see. Doomfist would be pretty awesome. All right. Well, let's jump into the next one. I can't remember what this one's called. The one with the uh, Widowmaker in it. It's called Alive. Alive. Yeah. And it's from her perspective. She is an assassin. So the the whole idea of it, and I again, I don't understand the the world or the universe too much, but I know that her job is to assassinate Zenyatta, who is a... It's actually uh, not Zenyatta. It's somebody else. Oh, is it not? Yeah, okay. His name is... It's confusing. The, that guy's name is Mandata. Oh, okay. And he's basically the leader of this group that Zenyatta is from. It, oh. It's like a monk robot peacekeeping or he's basically like the pope kind of but he's a robot it's basically a robo pope he's he's a robo pope he's very pro human robot relation or uh tying together humans and robots keeping the peace he's the charles xavier of the uh of robots absolutely that's exactly what he is so okay well i thought that was in yada but that's again that's my lack of knowledge of the universe and I, i didn't hear him i guess i i heard the yada part and i automatically thought they said zinyada so i was like yeah. okay well he got killed so. <laughs> right like oh he's dead we're not playing him anymore bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> um right. this Wait. one's cool too because we get tracer also yeah we do get tracer in there but i, I like how it's again widowmaker's perspective and yeah. she's telling the story Ooh. yeah exactly sort of so how creepy. her not understanding I guess uh, spiders at first, or fearing spiders, or yeah. something like that. She says she tells a story about when she was a little girl. She was afraid of spiders because they felt no emotion. But now she's like this assassin for Talon, and now she's kind of, I guess, relating the spider to herself. Um, she kind of recalls this story again at the end of the episode. She she tells it again, but adds more to it. But we'll get to that part. But it's pretty ba. Yeah, so I guess talk a little bit about it because it's really just primarily action. There's not yeah. a lot of story going on with I mean there is story to it, but not most a lot of, of it dialogue. is just her yeah. running around being chased by Tracer and trying to assassinate the Robo Pope. Tracer is attending the rally that Mandata is speaking at. There's a bunch of like security guards around Mandata because like I said, he's like the Robo Pope. Tracer can see that some of them are getting distracted and checking their comms, like listening in, and she kind of figures that there's something going on. So she goes up on these rooftops where these guards are stationed. Some of them are getting taken down and it's where Widowmaker is. Widowmaker is trying to assassinate Mandata. So Tracer shows up with her spunky self, <laughs> just kind of harasses her and they they basically fight for several minutes of the episode and it's just really 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 good action like they did such a great job uh one thing to say is like the colors in all of these are fantastic like they have like the the way they color everything there's a certain aesthetic to it that's just like beautiful 
like this takes place at night so lots of like shades of blue and and purples and just dark colors and it looks really awesome oh yeah the animation is top notch like it is it's essentially what you would see if it was a pixar production of overwatch widowmaker like i'm not gonna get into her backstory or anything but she has absolutely the most tragic backstory of every character in overwatch so i will Mm. get into that eventually on the other show that that one's going to be a few episodes down the line, but I will get there. But she's, she's an extremely, extremely complex and interesting character. Oh, okay. I, I did not know that. I'll have to listen to your show to find out. <laughs> <Hooked ya. laughs> so to, to, I guess we could wrap this one up just because it really is all just back and forth action. And we can't really describe the action and do it justice. Like this is one you would have to watch really to get the feel for it. Yeah. But at the end of it, well, Robopope, he gets he gets assassinated. She she hits her mark, but only I love the way that this happens. Like, I am going to say this part just because you have to and you'll have to see it to really understand it. But Tracer is in the air in midair and Widowmaker is aiming her barrel. She thinks she's just aiming it at her. So she fires exactly right at her chest at this battery on her chest that lets her do these uh, teleportations and she shoots it. And as it's about to hit her, like she phases out and teleports somewhere. And then uh, this shot hits Robopope right in the head. Yeah. And it was like Widowmaker had that plan the whole time. Yeah, it was. Oh, but, my gosh. And I, that was just I was surprised by it. Like, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I should have, but I didn't. And so I thought it was a really cool addition to that. It was an amazing way to do it. And I love like. You know, I love the reaction that Tracer has afterwards because she thinks she was shot first and she's like grabbing herself, like freaking out. She sees Widowmaker laughing and looks over and sees Mandata down and like Tracer is so upset. She like slams into her super hard and Widowmaker mm. just laughs and kicks her right off the roof. And then she goes back into her spider story again. And like the way she says it, man, it just like it gave me chills like at the Mm -hmm. very end. The moral of the story essentially is spiders do have feelings and the most intense one that they the the time they feel most alive is right before the kill. And that is really the the point of the story. Exactly. Seeing it all. Yeah. Seeing it all fleshed out is the great part. Like the. The payoff is good, but the trip there is also totally worth it. Yeah, it was super cool. So the next one, if we're going down the line, would be Dragons. Dragons was interesting because it taught me something that I did not know. I did not know, and again, maybe I should have, that Hanzo and uh, Genji were brothers. Uh, Yeah, I see, I knew already before I saw this, just being the, the lore nerd that I am, you know, I have I've already looked up so much info on every character, but yeah. I didn't know if you knew and I didn't want to say anything. Right. Because so many people had a strong reaction to this one. So I wanted to know what your reaction was like when you found out. Well, OK, here's what happened. Like the way that they started was telling the story about the the was, was it the north and south dragons or is the dragon of the remember. north wind and the dragon of the south wind. Right. Yeah. They were talking about those dragons in correlation with one another. And Hanzo, being the guy with the bow and arrows, for anyone who at least knows visually what Overwatch looks like, he is was he the was he the north? I think so. Yeah. He was the blue yeah. one. Well, yeah, he so he is the blue dragon. The way that he tells the story is that not directly saying that he did it, but 
talking about it in kind of a, a folklore sort of way with keeping the dragons as the primary characters yeah. that the the north dragon took out the south dragon because of a, a feud they were having and so what i thought of then once i found out that hanzo was the north dragon was oh crap genji then is the south dragon and that's his brother and that's what i thought of right away after the lead-in oh, okay. and it yeah it didn't take me to i didn't have to see it to get it i understood it just from the pretense that they gave you sure but again i was still very good and i love the way they did that reveal finally towards the yeah. actually towards the end of it the reveal's really good it is very effective yeah so yeah basically yeah they tell this this fable of how the the dragon of the north wind killed the dragon of the south wind his brother because um, the dragon of the north wind thought he could rule the the land better. It's not exactly how it plays out between the two brothers, but it's pretty similar. So that's why it still relates to them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Hanzo thought he had killed Genji, and it, it had been several years. And Hanzo was returning to the same spot every year. It was the spot where he killed Genji, and basically he's offering up incense and kind of prayer. Basically, just to to remember him, he carries a ton of guilt. He's been trying to seek redemption ever since. And his family, which is the Shimada clan, they they belong to basically the equivalent of the Yakuza. And uh, they've been sending assassins after him ever since. So he goes back to Hanamura, which is where he killed his brother. It's where they used to live. This, This robot ninja thing shows up. And Hanzo has no idea who it is, just assumes that it's an assassin. And he's really struggling because this robot assassin dude is just matching him, like, move for move. That's when, like, I was waiting for the reveal. Like, I knew what was coming, but I was excited to see how they were going to pull it off. And that's sometimes what I really love about movies is when they show me something that I'm expecting to happen, but I don't know how it's going to happen. I like the journey. I like to see how it's going to get there. And this played it out so well. This was easily my favorite of the bunch that we watched just Mm -hmm. because of how interesting it was. Like I could watch a whole movie based on this or uh, at least a, a TV show or something like this. Just a really cool folklore to it. And just a really, really interesting universe it's really touching too like you can really feel like the shock and the heartbreak that Anzo has as he's you know fighting the guy like because the robot dude says genji's name at one point and hanzo's fighting with everything he has and says you're not even worthy to say his name and he even runs out of arrows and he's fighting with his bow like as a melee weapon like he's just so determined to stop this dude at at that point it's just anger yeah and then he finally does the the thing that he's known for in the game his uh basically a blue spirit dragon and it goes flying at the robot assassin who then does his two green spirit dragons he summons and it redirects the blue one right back at hanzo so the dragons pass through him and hanzo like drops to his knees because he knows what's happening i wasn't sure what was gonna happen the first time i saw it i mean obviously i was like hanzo's not gonna die but suddenly genji just rushes him and puts a sword right to his throat and i was like oh whoa yeah Uh (laughs) uh-oh and it made me you know a lot of it kind of made me think of and even though they're not brothers the relationship between oroko saki and uh hamato yoshi yeah splinter 
Yeah. So that made me, maybe it's just because of the Japanese setting and all that, but that to me, anytime I see ninja stuff, I always tie it back to Ninja Turtles in some way. And this is a, there was no, this is no exception to that rule. Yeah, so, I, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah, just because of the rivalry, the rival clans and all of that, or the vibe for leadership that eventually led Rokosaki to killing Yoshi. Yeah. And so, yeah, that whole thing kind of reminded me of that. But that's a stretch for me to get to that point. But that's just what I thought of. It does have that feel because, I mean, Yoshi never hated Saki. Like right. ever, no matter what he did, like, I mean, he would be angry. He would wants to stop him, stuff like that. But it, there was always a spot where he still like loved the guy as a brother, you mm-hmm. know, and a clansman. you know, he, he still had some kind of respect for him in a way. And that's what we kind of see here is like Genji has the opportunity. Hanzo even tells him to kill him. I get that feeling Genji thought about doing it and then stopped himself. Like Genji was going to do it. And then he was like, no, I can't because he sees something still in Hanzo that could save him. And then basically reveals uh, because because Hanzo's like only a Shimada can control the spirit dragons. And Genji pulls his mask off. We just barely see his eyes a little bit and some skin. And his eyes are kind of weird, like super bloodshot, and his skin is super pale, and there's scars all over the place. And it's almost Darth Vader-ish, like there's not much human left of him, but he's still there. Interesting enough, though, he still has enough heart to get himself to the point where he does not kill his brother and still has hope for him. So that the heart's still intact. Who knows what else is, but he's a very much... Uh, cybernetic being at this point. Each one of these has a moment that's just kind of beautiful. But this pretty much entire animation was that way to me. Everything yeah. about it was super graceful and just moving. And, Very artistic, uh, yeah. even. And the action was amazing, too. I love the part where he slices that arrow into where it goes slow motion. Oh, yeah, that's yes. amazing. Uh, I always prefer fighting with weapons like bow and arrow or swords to guns. That's just yeah, I agree. And this was a great battle. This is probably one of the one of the better like ninja style battles I've ever seen. If this team tackled going back to Ninja Turtles, if this team tackled a Ninja Turtle movie, then that would be spectacular. Yeah, that would be like best case scenario to see something like that. I need to see arrows getting cut in half in every movie I watch from now on. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll move on to the last one now. And uh, what was the name of the last one? It's I've forgotten. Hero. Hero. Yes. And this one to me was not the weakest of the bunch, but I was at least interested in this one just because I'm not a huge Soldier 76 fan. He's probably the most vanilla character of all of them. And not just because he's white with white right. hair. <laughs> He was the character that was supposed to be the transition from everyone coming from like Call of Duty to this kind of game. He's the one that just still straight up uses guns, grenades, things like that, you know, more military. Mm. And so and sprinting, he has a real interesting personality to him. I don't feel like was expressed very well in the game. So I'm glad that they made this short so that they could really give him something because this guy reminds me of like um, Clint Eastwood meets Wolverine, like without the claws. <laughs> like this is this guy's personality. He's uh, he's older. He's he's a vet. He's disgruntled. He's done screwing around like he's not going to take crap. He's taking things into his own hands. He will take people down and it doesn't matter how. 
You know, he'll he'll be as violent as he needs to yeah. be. When he's got you in his sights. <laughs> I've got you in my sights. <laughs> but this one starts out, I like how it starts out, because it doesn't start out from his point of view. It starts out from the point of view of, um, well, it's a mother that we don't see talking about her daughter, Alejandra, who is like, looks like she's probably 12, 13, and her mom asked her to go to the store and get some flour, and she... She lives in Dorado, Mexico, which is infested with this gang, Los Muertos. They're they're beating up an Omnic, which the robot basically. They're they're beating up one of the robot people and um they see her and try to get her to do it and she's, you know, obviously trying her best not to be noticed by them, but she's scared and goes over there and they're trying to get her to hit the robot and she's just trying to, you know, get away from them and like, no, I, I really got to go to the store. And the animation of the Omnic that they were beating up, he has, he doesn't have a face, you know, he's a robot, he just has some lights and he doesn't say anything, but the body language of this Omnic they did an amazing job because you can tell he's like pleading with this girl, like not to hurt him. Oh, what they all have is like these like circular eyes, I guess, on their their forehead. Yeah, it's like these lights and those are supposed to be like their eyes, I think. Right. And, and they're all just solid circles. They don't have any kind of movement or anything. But the way that they had the angle of his head, it made them look like sad eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they were still just circles, but it was the angling of it that made it look really pathetic and really kind of sad and desperate. Exactly. And that was very powerful for to sh- for a robot shot. We knew exactly what that thing was thinking. Right. So they, they did a fantastic job with that. Also, something to touch on, just going back a little bit, at least in Dragons and maybe in the other ones, the layout of the scenario of the backgrounds was exactly the layout of the levels as you play them. And I don't know if that's true for the other shorts, but specifically for that one, I know that level very well. As I was looking around it, I was imagining being at it and playing on it. I'm kind of glad you mentioned that because I can name everything. Nice. So in um, the first one we watched, the uh, Winston's Lab, that is Watchpoint Gibraltar. Okay. Um, in Alive, that's King's Row. And there is actually, Mandata is speaking outside of that hotel right by that start area. Oh, And okay. if you go there in the game, you will see some candles against a wall with a picture of Mandata on there where oh, he was killed. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Dragons is obviously Hanamura, and this is Dorado. This is taking place in the streets of Dorado, which is another one of the maps. These uh, these gang members steal Alejandra's money, and kind of then they go off to they're they're basically smuggling arms hidden in crates of pinatas, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> They go off to work there, and then so Alejandra is running through these alleys trying to catch up with them because she's she wants to get her money back. And all of a sudden, you see one of them fall down like he's beat up, and then you see another one. I love this, and it man, it gets to me every time. You see another one like ah ah, and he kind of falls out of an alley, and something pulls him back in, and you hear his fingernails scrape against the pavement. <laughs> oh, that noise just gets me. One thing I really liked about the gang in general is when the lights went out, they had like glow in the dark skull makeup on. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know if they're supposed di- to be various colors. I don't know if it's supposed to be tattoos or if it's supposed to be basically like war paint kind of stuff. But they have like skulls and bones mm-hmm. in neon colors all over them, and the lights go out and they just glow in the moonlight, and it looks really awesome. Exactly, I thought that was a really cool addition to it. And dude, seventy six, like that red light on his visor 
He looks he's mm-hmm. got a, a Cyclops from X-Men kind of visor pops on yeah. and dude just goes to town, just destroys these guys. And he does his his special, his got you in his sights thing yeah. where he's falling back and then like looking up these three people on the rooftop and just does a pop, pop, pop and shoots them all off. And I thought that was really cool. I love how they tied in actual gameplay things. Yes. I'm glad that I played the game before I watched these videos yeah. because then it was easier to tie the game to these videos and got me more engaged in them. And um, basically, the the big point of this story, you're kind of seeing how far gone 76 is. And we, we find out because somebody throws a grenade and it misses him and it lands right in front of Alejandra. And the mm-hmm. bad guys are getting away and he turns and looks at her. He starts going after the bad guys and stops again. And then you just see the explosion and then it cuts to like you see his his body kind of just kind of scraping through the dirt like from the impact it sh- throws him a little bit and you just kind of see him but then he flips over and you find out he has Alejandra underneath him so as as much as rage and vengeance that he's craving to go after these bad guys he still goes and saves the little girl instead he gets up he's obviously hurt he's holding his side it looks like there might have been a chunk blown out of him then he's trying to you know, do the thing. He just, he's trying to walk off into the, well, not the sunset, the, the moon set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, the most satisfying part is at the end, she, she runs back to her mom. She stops to rip a poster off the wall that has some of the Overwatch people, including him when he was younger. She rips mm-hmm. this poster off a wall and brings it inside with her because she's all excited and she's trying to tell her mom the story. And the scene's closing and the camera's panning out away from the home. And you see that 76 is actually waiting up on a rooftop, watching over, making sure she got home safe. Obviously, he was concerned and wanted to make sure she's all right. So I thought that was pretty sweet. It was. He's got a heart of gold. Well, Chris, even though this wasn't around when we were kids, let's bring our inner kids out anyway and see what they thought of the Overwatch shorts. You're telling me that there's a video game with a talking monkey scientist in a spacesuit, a ninja cyborg with a magic dragon spirit, and a hot British chick who can move back and forth through time. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. That's it. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Five out of five. I don't have to grow up now. Okay, bye. Well, currently, I only have a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis, so this is a little advanced for me, but sometimes my dad lets me play Doom and Quake on the PC with him, so I'm kind of familiar with first-person shooters. This one's a little over my head, but the shorts are great and absolutely beautiful to look at. And I love how heartfelt some of these stories are, especially the rivalry between the two brothers in Dragons. That, to me, was the most powerful. Second being the triple, quadruple entendre, however many entendres there were in Recall. Winston's just a great character. Overall, I'd give this also a 5 out of 5, and if you haven't checked these out, please do. But that's enough monkey business for now. Back to you guys. Uh, that was... That was bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> I saw that one coming. I saw that one uh, coming 20 years away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts about these uh, animations? The animations overall, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I finally did watch them. I was hesitant about it just because it's like, uh, I don't, when I'm playing a game, I don't usually get too tied into it because the stories, the backstories for them usually aren't that interesting to me. This one, however, I'm glad that I watched because... There is a lot of depth and gravity to this universe as a whole and to these characters. And actually, I'm really interested. I'm not going to do any research on it, but I am going to listen to your show once you bring it out 
because I do want to know more about these characters, especially now that you've teased that Widowmaker. I want to see what her tragic backstory is, but I'm not going to look it up. I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for myself. I don't like spoilers, so I'm going to let it come from you. Perfect. So overall, the animations were great and the shorts were great, and it made me more excited to hear what you have to offer. I mean, obviously, we love the game since we play it all the time <laughs> and um <laughs> too much for me the, these animations just kind of serve to make the experience like even better you know you get really attached to these personalities really quickly and the animations just suck you in even farther than you thought possible basically i mean that's how i felt getting into them and the animation itself is gorgeous the direction is fantastic it's exciting i honestly think that they do just a good a job if not better than disney pixar as far as the the look and feel of everything so i would love to see more of this i really hope they do more in the future because I got to see junkrat man i got to see junkrat animated mm-hmm. cuz that would be hilarious I need to see Junkrat and Roadhog stories. Oh That's my what gosh, I see. those will be hilarious. You know they'll be fun. Yes, they're going to be awesome. So go to iTunes now and look for Know the Lore, and you will see it on there. You will see some a bunch of stuff about Know the Lore and Overwatch. Uh, my plan is to do more series of Know the Lore in the future, so I might tackle other properties later on. But starting with Overwatch for now, so if you look for Know the Lore... Or search Know the Lore Overwatch, you will pull it up in iTunes and wherever else we happen to stick this thing. So I look forward to you guys listening to that and definitely give me some feedback. I want to make it pretty interactive, so I will ask questions and stuff during those episodes so you guys can send me back answers via email or Twitter or whatever else. So, Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll get back to our regular show. Who knows what it's going to be at that point? So once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. <laughs> and we'll see you next Saturday. What are we doing the musical episode? We're going to well, do it maybe now. it's next week. We're, we're doing yeah. one. We're going to do the one. The same time. Yeah, once I start whispering, boom, boom, you know it's coming. Got it. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash NerdSloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 